Pedersen, oh, it's 1-0 Blues! What a header that is! Christian Pedersen with a bullet header! It's then floated towards the back post, Jukovic in there, Jukovic! Oh, what a header! This man is on red-hot form at St Andrews at the moment. And it goes again towards the towering Zigic. All confusion at Martin, and surely scored the winning goal for Birmingham City! Hello and welcome to the Blues Talk podcast, back after a post-international break hiatus. And we are going on a whistle-stop tour of, well... South Yorkshire. That's all on the way. I look back on our previous three fixtures. As well as that, we are joined by Blues' very own Connell Truman here in the Blues Talk studio. It's all on the way here on Blues Talk. The Blues Talk podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Right, Dale, we're back after the international break. You've had an international break of your own, haven't you? Yeah, you've got to use it in the best possible way, haven't you? little break in the football calendar, so a little jet setting, yeah. Nice 10 days in the sun. But, uh, yeah, came back to a lovely, drizzly Huddersfield town. So, um, yeah, feel refreshed. Batteries recharged, ready to go into this Christmas period where the games come every other day. Anywhere now. You've been to the uh, international football home of Martin O'Connor, haven't you? The Cayman Islands, yes, I have. Yeah, I think he made about two appearances, didn't he, Skip? They but, all uh, count. Yeah, yeah, lovely part of the world. So, But yeah, as I say, flew back into the, the lovely cold weather and uh, straight to, on the Friday actually, straight to Huddersfield. So um, lots of fun, mate. But like I say, loads of games to look forward to now. It's three game week this week. We've already done three since the international break. So I think this is where the league really stretches itself out mm-hmm. and you start to find out where you really are as a team Absolutely. in the Absolutely. Reading away, of course, tomorrow as we speak. This podcast, of course, going out on a Friday. But before all that, before we look ahead to Reading and before we're joined by Conor Truman... I want to take you back to that slightly drizzly, mm. cold afternoon in Huddersfield. Um, very different, of course, to your exotic holiday, but mm. decent game, all in all, all yeah. things considered. Yeah, one of the teams that have come down. I mean, we played all three in a, on a, in a row. We did, really? yeah, consecutively. Ca- Ca- Cardiff, Fulham, international break, but then straight to Huddersfield away. Uh, I still got players of high quality. Um, I think, actually, in the balance of it, we were happy to come away with a draw in the day. Mm. Um they made it, had a, a number of chances. We made an early save. It was Connell Truman made a fantastic save yeah. um, from across, from deep, point blank range. He just sort of made sure he got something behind it, and that sort of set the tone for the game really. And Huddersfield were the aggressors. We've done well and had our moments as well on the break, and um, yeah, fall behind to a fantastic through ball. It was, and it did remind me of Casey Palmer's um, the Bristol City one at St yes, Andrews, yeah, where yeah. he played it between the fullback and centre half. Um, I think it was Shalabar who played it. It was uh, a lovely defence splitting pass. And it's one of those where, you know, you look at it and from a defensive point of view, every goal is preventable. But at the same time, when it's a pass of that quality, you just have, have to hold your hands up and season professional in Fraser Campbell don't make any mistake and whips it in the far corner. So then you're up against it. It's away from home. They're buoyant and they're up. But, I mean, Lukas Jukovic claims that he... Uh, right, let's go into this. <laughs> let's Before we even talk about the goal, I want to debate the intricacies of it. I'm convinced it was Robbo, but of course, Juki himself, and then the dubious goals panel. Mm. What was the opinion it came off the big man? Awarded the the goal to Lukas Jukovic. Yeah, obviously an in-swinging corner. Mark Roberts has got the touch that sends the ball goalwards. I think it's going in anyway. Lukas Jukovic, to his defence, immediately jumps up. A point gestures to his shoulder. I can see it on the Blues TV screen. Runs now off in my with mind. a celebration. Yeah, runs off, claims that it's definitely come off him. Hands aloft. 
Um, I suppose when you're a striker, you'll claim any goal, no matter how it goes in or how much of a touch it was. But the important bit was that it got Blues back level. And then you start to think, hang on, 12 minutes to go. The momentum's with us. Have we got enough? But I think a point was a fair result on the day. Mm -hmm. Another tough place to go to. We haven't lost the game. And at that stage, we hadn't drawn too many. I think it was only one. That was our second draw of the season. Yeah. Yeah, So we, we go there, make sure we don't get beat. A tough place to go and you bring a point back home, which is a positive result. Absolutely. Bit of a weird atmosphere as well, of course, when that Juki goal did go in. You start start to think, rather, that with the fans almost being on Huddersfield's back, of course, newly relegated team, rocky start to the season, the Cowley brothers come in. Looks like they're you know building back to where they want to be, mm. but a little bit of that kind of bubbling undertone came back. Yeah, I think when you're when you're the away team, the first port of call is to dampen the crowd down, and they've done that for large parts. Mm. Kind, of, kind of, as I say, makes that big save, but nil-nil at half-time. You're out, you're fine as an away team. And then the problem is they get their tails up with the goal. But then, as you mentioned, Blues get the equaliser and you're in the latter stages and you start thinking, you know, maybe we could be the aggressors and in, in, in the ascendancy in the diamond stages. But in truth, I think you have to look over it. The 90 minutes, uh, we, we'd be quietly happy, I think, Pep, to come away with a point mm-hmm. given uh, the quality that Huddersfield showed today. Well, we stayed in Yorkshire for a little midweek game against Sheffield Wednesday, coincidentally on a Wednesday. Mm. We can sit and make jokes about that yeah, uh, we all won't. we want. But um, yeah, nice, quiet game. <laughs> yeah, um, nothing, nothing to report. Yeah, I mean, nothing happened, did no it? No pre-match amble to report. No, it was uh, one of the most chaotic 24 hours that I've been involved in in the uh, yeah, football <laughs> media world. But yeah, it's a way of putting it. Uh, yeah, the game itself, I mean... Sheffield Wednesday, big expectations. They've got a lot of off-the-field stuff, problems that we know ourselves have had Mm -hmm. to deal with in recent years. So lots of distractions going into the game in terms of noise Mm -hmm. off the pitch. Um, But, I mean, you look at their squad, full of quality. They've got some good players in there as well. Harris, Bannon's been a good player for a number of years. Fletcher's a seasoned professional. Um, Reach has always done well, but actually had one of his poorer games on the day. Um, and, yeah, I thought we went there and, and done all right. I mean, again, they're the home side, so they came roaring out and tried to force the issue with us and set a high tempo. I think for us, it was a case of trying to press Sheffield Wednesday. We didn't believe that they had the quality to play through our press, like a Fulham have, yeah, like yeah. a Huddersfield potentially did. So we tried to press them high up the pitch and force the issue a little bit and cause them one or two problems, and I think we did. And, uh, yeah, Alvaro Jimenez with the goal three minutes into the second half. Again, you go in at nil-nil away from home. You're quite happy as the away side. And then we get our noses in front, and I think it's a fantastic goal. Um, Poacher's instinct. Yeah, like again, getting Crowley involved, just out on that right-hand side, finds Jeremy Bayer, he controls it, almost fires it across that six-yard box. And the most impressive thing about the goal, one Alvaro Jimenez darts across his defenders, all good strikers are told mm-hmm. to, that burst in five yards to get across your marker means that you know you, you've then got you and yourself a great position to make first contact on the ball but he's ahead of the near post when he makes contact with the football and I think it's so difficult to then angle it yeah. back from where you come from um, and find that corner it's a lovely deft touch from him um, typical Spaniard with that lovely intricate touch you, you associate that with like the more technically gifted players and yeah I mean it was well we get we were, we were on the verge here we could go and pick up a big three points um, as it was I felt that the 10 minutes leading to to the equaliser, they were putting a little bit of pressure on. Our legs had gone a little bit. Jude Absolutely, had covered yeah, a hell yeah. of a lot of ground. And, and talking of Jude... The um, goal. 
Well, I, I thought Jude was fantastic from the outset. He makes a, a, fan, a massive challenge uh, in the first half that leads to a chance. He has another chance where he slices it left mm -hmm. foot. It just leans back a little bit. But his influence is growing on this side. As a, and it's scary. I mean, we keep having to mention it. We have to. He's a 16-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah. But mad. he's gone from making sure his passes are nice and safe. He doesn't lose the ball. He belongs and deserves his place in a central midfield area to actually realising that he's got the ability and the confidence now to drag this team forward and to try and make things happen. Well, I think against Sheffield Wednesday, it was very much a box-to-box -box midfielder's performance, wasn't it? I think there's the big tackle that you mentioned, there's two or three blocks as well in that first half. Mm. And then he's there, he's the spark, trying to make something happen at the other end. And yeah, as I mentioned, the goal, heavily involved in the build-up, gives the ball to Dan Crowley, who then obviously provides to Jeremy Bayer. Yeah, but yeah he's, a, he's a player that I do think that will be his position long-term. Mm -hmm. I think at the minute he's sitting alongside Ivan Sunic with more of a license to get yeah. forward than Ivan has, but he can do it, uh, do everything. He can tackle, kick, he can he can pass, he can shoot from range. He's not af afraid of doing his defensive work. So he's a he's a number eight. He's a, he can get up and down. And I think in the last couple of performances, we're starting to see the growth and progression of Jude Bellingham as a first team player. Yep. Shouldn't surprise anyone. Uh, he's, he's like a sponge and he's so uh, he's receptive to any of the advice that, that Guards has given him, that Pep will give him. Um, but I do think that it might just be my personal point of view. The past couple of games, we've saw Jude kick on another level. Um, unfortunately, as we say, back to the game, we concede with 10 minutes to go. And I actually think Jude was just a little bit tired, couldn't make up a lot of ground. Khadid Harris gets away. He's a quick, nippy winger anyway. Um, and we just back off a little bit, probably only a step or two. It's the fine margins in a game. I think we've, we've, we've backed off and receded back towards the 18-yard box. We needed to make that decision to go and close him down. And when we do, it's just a split second too late. I think it might even go through one of the legs of a Blues defender, finds the bottom corner, and then... The game flips on its head and we talk about Blues being in the ascendancy at Huddersfield with 10 minutes to go. It was the other way around. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of uh, goal line clearances, but we managed to come away with a point. And given all the circus that, that followed that game, uh, I think that um, we're happy that we didn't lose it. A little bit frustrated we didn't win it. Game very much where each side had spells of dominance, wasn't it? I think first half, it wouldn't be unfair to say Sheffield Wednesday were the better side. So like you said, pleased to get in at nil-nil. For, what, 20, 25 minutes in that second half, of course, we got the goal pretty much immediately. On top of them, could have had the opportunity to get the second where Dan, Ca uh, Dan Crowley rather can put Max, Max through. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, I know he said that yep. it's the, the uh, pass he should have made. Yeah, I actually think it's one of those where it's obvious from the stands, we can all see it, that it's, it's clear that he should play Max in. But when you're down there at 100 miles an hour and he's thinking of, of all of his decisions that he's got to make, uh, he's got a player to his left, a player to his right, or he can go alone. I think he's hoping that Max just draws the the marker towards him, the the Sheffield Wednesday defender. But to the to the defender's credit, he doesn't quite overcommit himself yeah. towards Max. Keeps himself in a more neutral position to then make the block. And it's unfortunate because we're in the stand screaming. It's wide open for him to put Max in, and you know Max we've got the benefit though, haven't we, of the view? Yeah, and he might not score it, but at the same time, it's a golden chance to get that second. And then I don't think. Sheffield Wednesday come back from that. You talk about the, the natives getting restless at Huddersfield, but they were worse at Sheffield Wednesday. You could hear a pin drop as well at but one stage. They, they were almost waiting for it to go wrong at Sheffield Wednesday um, from the moment that we, we grabbed the first goal. So, unfortunately, we didn't add a second, but we'll take the point and move on. Absolutely. Uh, on to Millwall, back at St Andrews. Um, interesting one. Yeah, and from not drawing a game, or from drawing one in however many games it was, one in 20 or whatever it might have been, we've, we've drew three on the spin and... 
yeah, this one was a was a bizarre one. I think for 20 minutes again, we've zipped it and moved it really quickly. And I, I've always said that you do get a feeling of how Blues are going to play within the opening five, 10 minutes. And I thought we were bang at it for, for 10, 15. We've created mm -hmm. good openings. We started to move the ball very quickly. You know what you're going to get with, with Millwall and even in the Gary Rowett as well. We know ourselves. Yeah. Always going to be well organised, well disciplined, physically very strong. You're going to have to compete with them. Um, on that front, I think Jake Clark sort of had another fantastic game. It was a big call from Pep. Because um, you've got your captain Harley Dean, who back is available, yeah, yeah, who is available. I think many people expected him to go back in, but he felt Jake done enough in the previous three fixtures to warrant a place, and he didn't let anyone down again. You know, he complete the thing with Jake that impresses me. If you can tell he's come for a seasoned academy where they like to play football because he can fire passes into a Crowley, a Villalba, one of the front men with real zip in it, and he knows what he's doing with confidence. He's comfortable under. Um, in possession of the ball and he's not afraid to mix it and I thought Matt Smith who's been our nemesis I think what was it seven goals in far 10 games far too long mate that's how long seven goals in 10 games for all of his clubs um, always seems to score against us they, I thought they shackled him well with the exception of a tremendous Connell Truman save unbelievable isn't it um, I think Darren Purse on commentary said it it, it reminded <laughs> him of Gordon Banks against Pella <laughs> he did whether he got a bit carried away but <laughs> I mean yeah you can see it as soon as the ball leaves uh, Wallace's foot on the left hand side uh, it's got goal written all yeah. over it. He rises Matt above Smith Jake. Matt as well. A powerful header down towards Conor Truman's right-hand side. The one thing I'd say, and I'm taking nothing away from the save, it's not quite in the corner. So it does give Conor the opportunity to get down quickly and palm it away. But yeah, fantastic save from Conor. And again, all these things just add to his confidence. You know, three games yeah, in yeah. now. It's his first home appearance in a long time. Since Over Norwich. 15 months, yeah. yeah. So uh, that did him the world are good. He makes um, another good save. It's in the second half as well, where mm -hmm. I think it rolls through. Uh, it's a little dummy that rolls through Mark Roberts' legs and he's through. Uh, Kieran Lee tries to fire it in the near post, but he races out, makes himself nice and big and makes the block. And it just, again, we talk about the confidence growing in Jude Bellingham. Connell's a good few years older, but when you've been out of the first team set up for so long, he'd have had those pre-match nerves again, mm -hmm. um, but all settled him down really well. And it's a fantastic save. They end up taking the lead. They do against massively against the runner player. Yeah, it it's a couple of little errors uh, that are made. I think Ped's, uh, slips or Head put slips, the dives in a yeah, little bit. Yeah, on the attack. Yeah, just just commits himself and they work it to an opening. And you know, from where we are in the Blues TV studio, they had an extra man over and it, it looked like it, it spelled danger. Um, I mean, take the thing away from Sean Williams. He's, he's put it out of his feet and absolutely rifled What a strike! One. I mean, he's got a bit of out to in swaz on it. He's put it right in the top bin. Uh, Connell Truman had no chance, and with half an hour to go, you're thinking, well. You know, from being in the dominant force for 20, 25 minutes of that first half, we're behind here. But credit to him, they kept plugging away. Uh, talk about the importance of set pieces and the impressive performances of Jake Clark sort when they come together well, for the equaliser. Well, a moment before, Jake Clark sort is down with what looks like a head injury, and you think, mm. are we down to 10 men here and properly backs against the wall for the last 10 minutes? Yeah. And then, yeah, as you said, he's been that impressive in the performances that he's put in since um, deputising for Harley Dean. You almost over the moon to see him score. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was when it, when you saw, and it was like a quick corner, but they didn't set themselves. So when no. Harley and, uh, and Jake tried trotting forwards, Dan, Dan Crowley just put it in, and I think it may have taken Millwall and, and ourselves by surprise a little bit. But yeah, Jake lets, gets a firm head on it. It's down, it's difficult uh, for Balyovsky to save, and uh, finds the bottom corner, and then it's, again, 10 minutes to go. It's almost, it seems to be grandstand finishes these past few weeks, but have we got enough to go and find the winner? We couldn't in the end. It was a little end-to-end. -end. Millwall felt they could win the game, um, but it's a third straight draw 
Um, which again frustrates one or two. You want to win your home games. Mm-hmm. I think particularly because we've gone away from home to two difficult places in Huddersfield and Sheffield Wednesday. Positive results in taking something from the game. Absolutely. Everyone looked at Millwall to go right. This is the one where we go and win it. But if you can't win it, don't lose it. So another point to take into the weekend. Well, Millwall under Gary Rowett, of course, they're no mugs. They've put in some great performances. Only lost one, I think. Yeah, they? correct. One in six now. So, yeah, a bit of a bounce under under Rowett. And, you know, like we say, Millwall are always difficult to play against. I don't think we'd scored against them in the three games at St Andrews previous. No, I think you're right. And they beat us to a, to a scoreline of nil. So, you know, at least we managed to, to grab a goal against them and a, and a point as well. So, yeah, th- I don't feel like a, a win is too far away. The finer details are, are the difference. Um, and hopefully that comes this weekend. Well, on to another three-game week, of course. Reading tomorrow, QPR in the week. And the small matter of West Brom at home coming up next weekend. But before all that, I think it's fair that we're joined by our guest this week, a man who, as you mentioned, fantastic save against Millwall, solid against Huddersfield and Sheffield Wednesday in the first team for the first time in 18 months, Conor Truman. Yeah, fantastic, uh, fantastic, isn't it, for him to be back in the squad. He's been given a chance by Pep and he's taken it with both hands and, you know, he's had three fixtures now, two on the road. He's played at St Andrews, full of confidence given the saves that he's made in those games. And, you know, it's a good battle. It's a tussle between him and Lee Camp. And Campy's a vastly experienced goalkeeper. He's had a fantastic run in the side. Um, But Pep felt it was the right time to put Connell in and make a change. Mm -hmm. And it's good to have that competition for the number one jersey. Absolutely. And and he's stuck with Connell. And it's up to Connell now to do enough in these performances between now and Christmas and the end of the season to keep hold of that that number one shirt. So, um, yeah, good to have Connell on on the show. A really good talker. Uh, very articulate, um, you know, making his head a little bit bigger, but very articulate lad, very well-educated kid, very grounded as well when it comes to, to what's expected of him as a young goalkeeper. He's had to be patient for his chance, but glad to see he's in the team and he's taking it. Let's hear from the man himself, Connell Truman on the Blues Talk Podcast. The Blues Talk Podcast. Connell Truman, thank you for joining us. No, thank you for Here on the me. Blues Talk Podcast. You're a huge fan. You've told us you've listened mm. to all 15 I've episodes. Not we have 15? I've not listened to one. 16. 16 episodes. I've not listened to one. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be listening to this you know one. But I like the refreshing honesty, though. You yeah. get some going, yeah, yeah. Robbo said nah, the same. Nah, but I haven't listened yeah, to them. Nah. Nah. Thank you, mate, for the support. It's important the players get beyond <laughs> what we do here at the club. One club, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, one club team and all that. How you doing, mate? All right, mate, yeah. Yeah, fresh out of the gym, aren't you? Doing yeah, a little bit of summer weights in December. Oh, it's a power session being professional, but if that's where you want to go with it. <laughs> Straight into the studio. Look at that. Come yeah. in. No, no, on TV, <laughs> no, thank you, mate. Um, yeah, as we've sort of already spoke about off camera, been a been a been a very uh, good three weeks for you. Um, into the side, two tough away games, important points on the road, and then back at St Andrews, which must have been a good feeling. Yeah, it was wicked to be back at St Andrews. Obviously, it's been a while since I played there. Um, in front of the home fans, but the reception I got was fantastic. The atmosphere was was awesome. So yeah, it was good to be out there. Uh, we'll start with the Millwall one because it's a huge save. And again, I know I reiterate this is take two of the podcast. Callum Denning has had an absolute shocker. Listen, yeah, I'll hold my hands up. Oh, uh, hold my we hands can't up. continue to pretend it hasn't happened. We can't. It's nah, happened. This is, this is the wise decision. To sort <laughs> we've done two hours with Connell. <laughs> two and a half. I've not been let out of this meeting. Really. <laughs> it's God, boiling. It's so boiling. Warm. Uh, right, the save from Matt Smith. Talk us through uh, first what your thoughts were about the save because, as I say, it's a great, it's a very good save, but it's still Stopped isn't in yourself the corner. From saying great it's not in the corner. Well. It's very good. <laughs> very, it's very good. good. Yeah, well, it's not in the corner. You no, I, don't I can't. Think so. like, I think it's still good, man. I've watched it enough. But like, 
You're I ain't gonna lie. I'm having it. You look really proud. <laughs> Richard Wilford of BBC WM did say the fact that it wasn't in the corner actually worked against you because it's close to you. Yeah, you look we'll go with that. He's <laughs> <laughs> gives you I'll, an out. Yeah, I'll take it, Richard. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but you did make a good point. What's going through a goalkeeper's mind when that, as soon as that ball leaves the the cross, it the, the, the cross? foot of the crosser. How, what, go. what goes through your head as a goalkeeper? Um, obviously, initially you're having a look. Can you come and deal with the cross? Can you come and catch it, punch it, whatever? Couldn't. So then you just got, especially when you're playing Millwall and Matt Smith, you know you, you might have a little bit of work to do. So you just you know pivot off and get set and ready to. You know, back yourself, back your reactions and stuff like that, and that's just what I did. Yeah, it's a good save down to your right hand side. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I'm not going to ask you if you've got a stronger side because it's sort of giving yeah, stuff let's, away. Let's but keep that to uh, I almost give you too much credit by saying you managed to push it out of oncoming traffic, but you don't even think about that when it's that close. No, I, yeah, I think it was just pure reaction. So it's just about saving the initial shot, and then you know where the ball goes, you try and deal with it again. And luckily, it went to Harley, and we could clear our lines, but it was just. I was just about saving the shot. Do you want to get up and celebrate when you make a save like that? Um, you know, you know, goalkeepers are sometimes so cool. Yeah, just yeah. Like, What's the next? Thing? Where's the next ball coming from? Really, inside you must be like you've scored a goal. One to run off to the uh, corner. Like. Nah, a little bit, but like when you score, the game stops, doesn't it? So you can give it beans. You can do what you want. Yeah. Like when we make a save, you've either got a corner to deal with, or somebody's going to try yeah, and true. T- smash true. in the rebound. So. The, the only time you really get is after the game to have a little go, oh, that was decent. That. Yeah. And you know yourself when you've had a good game as well. I mean, mm. I know sometimes like, players like validation and stuff, but you're experienced enough to know that. You walk off that pitch, you know you've had a good one. Especially in the last three games where you've got to be pleased with all your performances. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think considering how long it's been since I played in that sort of in the first team and even a game in general to, to come in and I think I've done alright to be fair I'm looking back I'm, obviously it's not perfect and there's loads of room for improvement but as a starting point I think it, I think it was pretty good yeah yeah take us back to the Huddersfield one and I know we're doing it a bit mixed up but when was you told that you was going to be in because I know you said to the press after that Campy had some nice things to say to you as well which mm. it's got to be difficult for him to have been you know pulled out of the team and then yeah. you were given the jersey yeah so obviously I found out Friday night in the hotel um and then that so was just, just pull you and say one on one like listen yeah yeah. yeah yeah that's all it was you're gonna you're starting tomorrow and that, that was it really and then yeah like like you said campy was was really good to be fair he had nothing but positive and, and encouraging things to say to me before the game which was you know i really appreciated that and uh, like you say it could have been a difficult one for him but he's, he's obviously you guys know him he's a, he's a good guy and He's a top pro and he would never sort of mm. display anything other than like exemplary attitude. Oh, good word. Yeah, no, good word. Nailed it. Um, but I think that's probably a sign of how close you are as a goalkeeping unit. Whenever, and no, no, like they give us union crap yeah. for not going and filming you enough and doing bits. And whenever we do go and do it, then we end up getting those the, yeah, we're the crap bad guys. for doing it. Yeah. So we can't really win in that instance. But anyway, when we do go, it's no, a good it's environment. Not, it's not. It's it because is. then when we do shooting or something, and we save however many shots. You're betting your dinks on over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So how good was I in that session? Like, if I'm being serious. Well, yeah. I don't watch the old session. We just look for little look for the golden nuggets. That's what right I mean. Look for the goals. So we're making saves. You look at it and I'm thinking there could be, some good, could be some good ones on here. That's no, a lie. Goal, goal, goal. That's a lie, that is. Whenever I edit a training session, I promise you, I'll always try and balance it out with some good saves. I think, I think you're if, if that's true. You just don't make <laughs> I think you're. I think you're the only one. Ah, oh, yeah. Nah, I promise you that's that's how we work. So a massive save might go top of the queue, you know, as well. 
Everyone loves a save as well. People don't think no, they do love everyone a save. loves a save. Yeah. Yeah, they do love a save. Save in slow-mo. I mean... No, no, not slow-mo sometimes. Because it looks it, better yeah, when it's... Wow, yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. Just some... New head of blue TV. Wasted, wasted. So you're in at Huddersfield. You're in at Huddersfield. Yeah, 15 months without first team action. Been a long time coming. Do you have? I know you, it's not a debut, but it felt to me like it was like a second coming of Colin Truman because you're you're back yeah. in again, having been so long out. So do you have any nerves, or is it literally your game heads on? Like you're not you're not 15, 16, 17. So you've been no, around no, a group yeah, long yeah. enough. So you, you're professional enough to have that, but do you have any pre-match nerves ahead of that one? Yeah, I think I, there's, I think there's always, to a certain extent, there's some some nerves, some nervous energy, mm. um, but it is mainly masked by focus and yeah. the job in hand. Um, yeah, especially when you get out there and you get to the stadium and you're doing your warming up, you're just concentrating on what you're doing at that time, and then pretty pretty quickly once the match starts and you've you've had a couple of early touches, you know, you, you settle in and you just business as usual. Yeah. Make a big save in that one from Fraser Campbell. No, it wasn't. It was a header from point blank range, cross from deep. Do you remember it? Yeah, yeah. Was it from Fraser Campbell? Yeah. But saves like that when you first game after fifteen months, immediately got to boost your confidence. Uh, yeah, I think so. It was. You yeah. thought it was an average. You know. No, I, don't, I thought it was. I thought it was all right. Yeah. I think that if that goes in, I'd be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. But like I say, it is nice to sort of make the saves and. You know, feel like you belong at that level again, and yeah, it was just a little starting point, really. How much do you look back on your performances after games as a goalkeeper? Do you sit with Flavs? Sit, sit with Flavs, yeah. So obviously, it depends on when you play and when you got days off or whatever. But the next day that we're in, we'll I'll sit down with Flavs, and he'll have, you know, I don't know, ten minutes of clips, okay. you know, that's specific to you, and some good stuff, some stuff that needs to be improved on, and and you'll talk through it and. You know thought processes and what you're thinking at the time and what you could see at the time and and just stuff like that and help helps you improve for the next game. Yeah, is it tough? I, I imagine. I mean, we don't know, but is it only till we watch it back afterwards on tape do you actually see things a little bit clearer? The reason why I ask it, Dan Crowley came last week and said I should have passed that ball to Maxine Collin to make it two nil. At mm. the time, it's hundred miles an hour. He's got players running everywhere. Yeah. You know, his own teammates, defenders running at him, and it's only till he watched it back. Do you actually realise how glaringly obvious it was? Do you find that yeah. the goalkeeper? Yeah, goalkeeper? I think so. I think it's the same for everyone. Like when you're out there and it is 100 mile an hour, and you're viewing it from you know from where I'm standing on the pitch, and then you look at it again from the camera, and obviously that's a different angle. And maybe when you've got the ball in, you can see the fullbacks are in more space than you thought, so you should mm. you could have clicked it out there, or just different things. It's always it give, just gives you a different angle. Like obviously, it's like. A million times slower as well. You can stop it, you can pause it, and freeze frame everything. And so it does give you that bit more clarity and a different perspective on things, definitely. Yeah. So decent one all draw in the end. I think we'd have took it. I think afterwards, I mean, the way we summed it up was he, you know, Pep always wants to win the game. He always mm. talks to the press and says, whether home or away, we're going to pick up three points. Yeah. But at the same time, you probably come away from that one thinking that's that's a decent point on the road actually mm-hmm. against Huddersfield team. We've still got a lot of quality. Newly and relegated. Three game week. On to Sheffield Wednesday, all the noise that surrounds it. We've already spoke at length about the whole run-up to the game. Yeah. As a group of players, actually, interesting. Do you ignore all of that? Do you just literally concentrate on that 90 minutes? Or do you almost What's take Sh- Sheffield. all the, yeah, all the yeah. stuff ahead of the game, all the social media talk, all that? Do you just yeah, block it I all think, out? Yeah, I think, obviously, you see it. It's impossible to, yeah. to not see it. But it, don't, it, don't, it doesn't affect it 
you like you're thinking or your preparation or anything like that. And it never really affects in terms of like your warm up or anything or the game. Mm. That you just like I said before, it's business as usual. You got you got a job to do and you go out there and be as professional as you can and, and do your job. Yeah, a bit of a crazy game because again we take the lead in the second half. Keep nil nil at half time. Take the lead. They pull one back. You look back at that one right in the corner when it could deem Harris there's not much you can do how do you analyse it from yeah. your point no, of view no I think obviously we watched it back I think my positioning is pretty good he's hit it fairly well It's it, the, the tough thing is is when it goes through the defender's legs and it always you know makes it a little bit more difficult for you I've, I've, yeah there's n- I don't look, look at back at it and go bloody hell can you should have done this should have done that should have yeah. saved it but obviously we'll always keep looking at them and seeing if there is anything we could have done differently yeah and then it's a crazy last 10 minutes where we're defending for our life I mean, you have to almost flick one up in the air with your right arm that fires. Yeah, that just that just hit me. To be honest, <laughs> there's nothing more to say about the that. That one just a good hit one. me. The yeah, the new one. That he hit that well. Yeah. By the way, because I I spoke to you the day after. I thought it hit your body, but it's actually no, your hand. I hit my hand. I know. It's a good save. Yeah, it, it felt good at the time. To be honest, it felt like it could be a big one, an yeah. important one, and yeah. it turned out to be so when we got the point. But yeah, it was a mad ten minutes when it yeah. just. You know, everything's on you. The corners are just swinging in left, right and centre. Robbo's heading everything. We're clearing off the line. It it was a mad last it 10 minutes. It me, Connell, because I said in commentary, I think I said, Sheffield Wednesday, a big physical team. And they'll look at Connell, yeah, yeah. who's not six, like three, six, four. He's not going to come and dominate. But the next day in the training <laughs> ground, he comes up to me, he goes, not the, not the biggest key here, am I? Yeah, not, <laughs> him, not the big, I mean, I understand. How tall are you, Connell? How tall are you, Connell? I you feel like six or E6? Oh, that's a right. That's <laughs> 6-1. Just about. Nah, when your hair's sticking up. T- touching 6 2 we'll go down to the gym and do it now. Because <laughs> no one believes what it. Every, you got on? Every, bare feet, that, mate. Right. I'll do it now. Right, get the sports you, science stats. I'll give you that. I'm just saying. Because me for it. See, that's why. So it's a sensitive issue for you, it not is, me. Do you know is, what I mean? Yes. It's a valid point. It's a little bit of a man syndrome there, isn't it? Like, yeah. But. No. The one thing one that I said so much yeah. nice, I said to, so yeah. many nice things. You don't things. need to mention it then. You know, I was like, it's great that it's he's that got his chance, he's made great saves in the game. Oh, what that's, big saves. What is, though. You, you've just thought, oh, I've paid him a couple of compliments here, let's just Throw bring something him back in there. I've actually <laughs> justified why Sheffield Wednesday are bombarding the box. Because it's 10 minutes to go. So they get a one at home. So they're wicked corners in. That's a big weak point in this team is their goalkeeper. Anyway, Con, we kept, listen, all's well that ends well. Yeah. You made a good couple of saves. Thanks, mate. You've, you've grown. Well, aerially dominated. Back at St Andrews. I mean, yeah. usually it's in a half-empty stadium for 23. Now you're back in front of a crowd. How different is that experience, first yeah. team? I suppose it's like chalk and cheese. Yeah. Oh, good. Sorry. Right. Cliche there. Uh, yeah, it was. No, it was good. Really enjoyed it. Like I said, like when you're playing 23 games, there's no one there, and it's just it can be feel a little bit dead sometimes. But there's no chance of that in a first team game. And you get there, and you know the fans are just like, doing what they always do, and they're loud, and they're, they're brilliant, and the atmosphere is really good. And it was just like, yeah, yeah this good. is this is this is what it's about. Yeah. Tell you what, different conditions to your last league game there. Not sat there, or well, stood there roasting this time, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. No, was it Norwich? Norwich. Norwich and Middlesbrough were both boiling. Yeah. Not good for ginger people. No. Take a, take a rainy night. Person, <laughs> 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 yeah, I thought that would be with yeah, yeah, no, the yeah. blonde lad. Yeah, but... Again, we've already mentioned the save. They haven't got a ch- we haven't got a chant for you for Conor Truman yet. No, we? we need to. You got one in mind. Fans need to come up with a Truman, Truman chant. 
on the other. Well, listen, no, there's a request. You've got to know the song about yourself. You've got. There's got to be one that you think. Yeah, I love that one. I've never really given much thought. No, no, no. Well, there's a question from Twitter. I'm not that quick thinking though. Question from Twitter. We'll bring it up later. Where we could have something lined up here. Ooh. But we'll save that. That's a little Ooh. tease. Ooh. Hook and tease. It's called in the um, business. So it brings us on to Reading, mate. Uh, back on the road again. Yep. Um, I mean, perhaps done his press conference this week and said he don't feel like we're far away now from turning like these draws into victories. The fine margins, little bits in games that have stopped us from winning these last five. You look at Reading, wherever we go, you'll try and win a game. And it's another match where you try and take the three points back to St Andrews. Yeah, obviously, like, that's what you, you said, Pep always says, like, we look at any game thinking, how can we win this, and that will be no different Saturday. Like you say, we've had chances in games where we could have gone two up and or a goal here and there, and then maybe it's a different game, and, and some of these draws are turned into victories. When, and like you said, the one with Dan, when he came in, yeah. and he said, I should have passed it, and maybe if he does that and Max scores, it's, it's a different game, but they're the, they are the fine, fine margins, but we're working at it every day, and you know it's going to click, and then we can feel it coming. Yeah, absolutely. What's it like for you? To, although you haven't been playing in games, you've always been on the training ground through this whole transition. I mean, we notice it because we're watching it from the stands. But do you notice a change in training and the way we're playing? Because there's a certain DNA about us now that we haven't seen. A, a generation of Birmingham City mm -hmm. fans has never seen us play this way. Do you see that from your point of view on the training ground every day? Whenever you having shots fired at you from point blank range? Uh, yeah, I think you can you can see it definitely on the training ground. And definitely, you know, obviously I haven't been playing, but I've been able to watch the games, obviously from the stand or whatever, and you can, you can see it like it's just obvious. And it's some of the football that we've played this year has been, been unbelievable, to be fair. And I think that that will translate to victories and, and, and stuff sooner, sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, with all of our guests, Denning, we always go back over um, their career. We do. <laughs> go back to the very start. I mean, yeah, you're very much in the infancy. Hopefully, mm. it's the start of a very long, okay. prosperous, successful career. But we'll go back, to the, go back to the very start, mate. Take us to when you first started playing, whether you was outfield, a goalkeeper, and the whole grassroots story of Connor, um, CJ Truman. Weird, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I started playing Sunday League in goal straight away. Right. Um, but we were, we were quite good as a lot as a Sunday League Who team. Who did you play for? Uh, Starland St. Anne's. Okay. So, something called field where. But we were quite good. So I used to stand in goal and didn't have a fat lot to do. So as obviously as a kid, like impatient kid, I was like, nah, it's not for me this. Mm. I want to go out and get involved. So I moved, had a little foire. Is that the word? Good word. Is it the word? Yeah. Foire, yeah. Foire, yeah. There we go then. That. Into, <laughs> into like midfield for a bit. Had to play in goal for school because we had no one else. Okay. And that's where I got picked up playing playing for school. So it was quickly like... Blue Scout? Uh... It was like a North Birmingham Centre of Excellence. I said this okay. the other day, and I don't. And then, and then it was a trial for like forever. Yeah, felt like forever. And then, how so old yeah. did you been at this point? Eleven, I think I was when okay. I signed. Okay. So yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, you've been here. You well, think quite a bit. testimony. You actually, it's true. Yeah, it's it's been over ten. Yeah. I know. We were talking before we went on here about the fact that you and I went to kind of similar secondary schools where. I oh know, snoring out. Where <laughs> he's excluded, mate. Go on, mate. Where football, mate. Jamelia went to my school. Oh, to be fair, <laughs> to be <laughs> fair. <laughs> what school's that? Uh, CTC, mate. CTC Kingshurst. Yeah. Carry yeah, on. Anyway, you and I went to uh, schools where football wasn't a thing really. Like we did mm. games, we played rugby, we played cricket. How did that kind of impact you? Obviously, 
going from playing football, yeah. I'd imagine primary school. So, like, yeah, so I played football at primary school and then when we went to secondary school, it just wasn't yeah. a thing at all. It was rugby in the winter. Croquet in the summer. Cricket <laughs> and athletics in, in the summer. Um, I don't know why he's trying to get <laughs> He's jealous, jealous, mate. Yeah, he's jealous. Mate. No, I am. I couldn't play football. I'm, I'm jealous of <laughs> Carry on. Oh, mate. Go on. Go on. Such a nerve, I know. Um, so, yeah, it was, I think, actually, it was not a good thing, but then when I, when I could come here, obviously, have a night and play football, it was like, I was always so, like, enthusiastic and excited to be here, and it was just, you know, to be able to play football and get those however many hours a week to do that, I just, you know, took the opportunity with both hands. Whose uh, age group have you been, or one above and below you, Connor, who, came, who might have came through, any so of the lads? Dimmy, Brownie. Okay. Um, Cogs is obviously still here. Yeah. And the year below, it's obviously like Weeds, um, Wes, Don Bernard, you know, that sort good, of group. So a good couple of years, yeah, really. Yeah, it was a good couple of years, really. Like, there's, when we were second year scholars and we were in Youth Cup, we thought we'd got a right sniff here. And then we went to play Everton, with, I think it was out without Brownie and Dimmy. So we lost our two best players, really. Yeah. So, And we still, I think, I think it was like, I mean, I didn't play, but I think it was 5 4 or 4 3 or something. So we yeah. went, like, took them really close and we didn't. Didn't really have Brownie or Dimmy, so could have been a different different yeah. story with them too. Yeah, FA Youth Cup lads, Sunderland away. Oh, it's a lovely trip. It's a great stadium, though. They're not playing Thursday there. night. Just to make it worse, yeah, they're not at the stadium. Oh, Thursday night. Playing it. No, they're not. No, it's not at the stadium. It's at a ground with no changing rooms at the moment yeah, as well, isn't it? Um, yeah. I don't, a non-league club. It's just of the surrounding areas. It's a shame. Oh, yeah. It's a tough. Um, Cold December night. So you get picked up as an eleven-year-old, and here you are. Is it like a Shock to the system. Did you enjoy being here when you was a young kid? Was it yeah, unbelievable was to be at a professional club? Yeah, I'll, yeah. You could, especially when you're that age and you're like, at school you were known as the yeah, kid. Yeah, you know that's what I mean. You're like, you got a bit of a bit of clout there, haven't you? Like, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's enjoyed these yeah. uh, clout there. Uh, yeah, but no, it's true. Like you, you, you do feel feel good, and it was just wicked when you were here because. Like I said, sometimes when you when obviously with the schools that we went to they weren't sort of inclined to have that many sportsmen there. So sometimes when you're playing in PA or on the playground or whatever, it was like... Oh, they're not great. Yeah, they're not great. And with, with all due respect, like, it's just... You're a kid and you're, you're impatient and you and then you get here and it's a, it's a good standard, you know what I mean? And yeah. you're not sort of used to it, but it's exciting and you're like, yeah, this is, this is a bit of me, this. Yeah. Work your way all the way up. People have always had the comparison with Jack Butland when you've been here. Yeah. You hear that? I've heard it a couple of times, but I think that's just because he was here, like, and he was a few. The last years keeper to really come and through as a youth academy. So yeah, yes. but he's like he's not small for a keeper. So he's, he's a big like lad, and built like a <laughs> proper keeper. You'd have been all right with him on the highlights. The yeah. chef went probably would have just passed Mate, it all. Clean sheet at Chef Wed. Yeah, I always heard that comparison with. I like he's the next Jack Butland, and all but. I just think you don't listen. Players don't listen to it, so nah, there's there's no point really. Like what? You're not going to gain. No, nah, what do I gain from from listening to people? He's the next Jack Button. Yeah. Mm. Like if you've you got know, to be you as well. Yeah. You've like, got to do everything I mean, yeah, you're good at. There's no point in trying to be Jack because yeah. you know you can only be yourself, and that's all I'm going to do, and and keep working hard, and and hopefully like kick on again but yeah there's no point comparing yourself to other people you just got to do it yourself yeah couple loans in there mate to go and get some experience what was that mm. like getting to non-league and playing some of that some football there uh, just the whole experience really just being going to no it was good it was good it was i tell you what it was it was a lesson and it was a good learning experience for me like 
I think it's no secret Solio didn't go as you'd fantastically wanted. well, didn't mm. go as, as I would have planned, but what it did do was enable me to learn a lot in a short space of time and, and I, I did do that and I think it stands in me in good stead to be honest with you. Yeah, what are those lessons mate, just how to deal with the... Yeah, there, were, there, was, there was a number of things and some of the stuff there's, there's no point in getting into because yeah. it's not on-field stuff, it's just what, what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. And, but obviously the on-field stuff was, it, it's tough, it's very like, so some of the stuff's like, just quite like boring and technical and tactical and, and just sort of start positions and sort of protecting yourself and, you know, looking after yourself in terms of, like not, not necessarily in a physical way, just in terms of making sure you run that team sheet every week and, and just like, yeah, doing what you need to do to, to, you know, to play well and when, so you, obviously when I was there, you were training on like a Thursday night and stuff and, and not much else. So they'd do what they needed to do from their point of view. Mm. But obviously I'd, I'd have a different schedule to, to a lot of other people there. So you had to, had to learn quickly to do what you needed, what I needed to do to be right on a Saturday. And if that wasn't what everyone else was doing, then sometimes so be it. Yeah. Uh, we always have players that have been out and loaded and benefited from it. I think any experience, negative and positive, mm-hmm. is actually a positive experience yeah, because yeah. you've gone and seen the other side and it's not worked out. When we had Dan Crowley in it. Well, you, you look at like players that have gone out and it hasn't worked out from on loan and just take what you can from it and move mm-hmm. on to the, to the yeah, next look, one. Nothing, like, nothing ever goes perfectly according to mm. plan and it's about what you make of the, any situation that you're you find yourself in and if you if you try if you look back at it negatively and you think oh that was rubbish that was rubbish, then mm. you know you're never going to learn you're never going to get better but as long as you can look on things with a positive outlook and think what did I learn here what could I have done better and, and take things you know the right way going forward then you like yourself I think everything's a positive yeah no, absolutely you've had to be patient for your chance in the first team here but now obviously it's came around but I think for a goalkeeping perspective, and we spoke about this, the longevity of a goalkeeping career mm. is different anyway. You're not quite working on the mm. same time scale or time frame as outfield players. So were you less concerned that, oh, you know, I'm 20, 21, 22, and I'm not yet getting my chance because there's still plenty of time? And um, it is different for a keeper. And I think potentially if I was an outfielder, then my thought processes might have been a little bit different. Mm. But I could always sort of see the process, see what was going on, mm. see that I was getting better, see that I was learning and it was, <coughs> you know, <coughs> yeah, good. Uh, could, so I, yeah, I could maybe have been a little bit more impatient if I was an outfielder, but I think obviously, you know, you can play for a bit longer and you've maybe mature and hit your prime a little bit later as a keeper. So as much as I, I did want to play and I was desperate to play, I knew it wasn't about you know, throwing toys out of the pram or getting, mm. you know, impatient and unhappy and, and doing, you know, things in the wrong way because I knew it was the opportunity would come. Yeah. And now it's about keeping it. Now yeah. that It's almost like now is the hard work starts. You've got yourself in pole position. Now is where the work starts. Yeah, I think, I think that's obviously the, the task now is to cement that number one shirt and that's what I want to do and I believe I can do it. But like you say, it's, it's hard work and then nothing else. That's what's going to get you there is, is hard work. and. You can never rest on your laurels in football. There's always something driving you forward, and, and right now I use cement in the number one shirt here, and that that's my goal, and that's what I'm clearly going to do. Yeah, it almost goes to show the timing's a big thing in football as well. You know, you need to talk about sorry, young players getting like a a chance at clubs, and you might be part of the timings right now. You've come into your prime at a good time. You can have a, a manager or head coach now at least believes in putting young players in and giving them a chance. So the stars align sometimes for players and you do almost think we've got two senior goalkeepers in Stucky and Campy both here. 
and invariably the club's going to start looking towards what the next the future of our goalkeeping position is so you might find yourself actually you've bided your time you've kept your head down and worked hard and now the timing just seems to be right for yeah ho- hopefully I think you know when you do get your head down and, and you work hard and you you know you do what you're supposed to do that you've always got to believe that you will get rewarded for that and, and that's what I did believe and that's what I do believe and I, hopefully like, now he's the start of you know getting rewarded for that and like I say if you've got a long-term goal and I've always had that long-term goal and, and that's what it's about now. Yeah, it's mad to think that you've got Lee Camp who's, you know, 550 plus games, David Stockdale, promoted to the Premier League, being Championship Team of the Year, mm-hmm. both breathing down your neck. It's no better competition to have than those senior boys that no. you need to make sure your performance levels are still right. Yeah, of course. Well, they don't really need any introduction to they either no. of them. They've, they've been there, done it all pretty much so. I know that the second that I come off it that they'll be knocking on the door to get back in so I don't want to let that happen so I know I've got to keep working hard every single day and making sure my performance levels are stay high and yeah. get higher. And you've already, I mean, you've already spoke about how campies be with you but does it make any difference whatsoever in those training sessions as a group? Is it the, di- the dynamic being exactly the same? Over who's I, think it's been, I think it's been the same really. Obviously we all get on. I think we're a tight group as a, as a group of keepers all the way through the 23s and, and, and everything so the dynamics not really changed. It's still, you know, intense and, and hard work, but you know, with with that banter and that you know that light hearted side to it as well. You know, it's that Scott puts on a Spanish accent when he shouts yeah, about Ramos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never heard him do it before ever, but yeah, he does now. You haven't really got a name that's conducive to like. Nah, I want it. Though. I want a, I want something, but no, nah, it's not Truman. Good. Yeah, I just stick to my brother Truman. Roll the R in Truman. That's yeah. the way to do it. Yeah, um, not the same ring to it as Ramos. Uh, yeah, you're right. Fair. No, you're right, mate. Ginger Connell Truman's <laughs> the same as <sighs> six Brown Ramos. Short-term goals, though, mate. You can't really pa- look past the next game for you, can you? I suppose without no. putting words in your mouth, it's all about next performance, yeah. next game. Uh, no, of course. Obviously, Reading Saturday, so it's about making sure that we, we and I turn in a good performance, and, and hopefully that clean sheet and that, and that win will come with with them. Um, yeah, it's just about. Just about that at the moment, really. It's taking it one game at a time and then cementing myself and when then we'll look further ahead when as and when. Yeah, that's it. You almost can't afford to look to the long term. Although in your back of your mind, you know that you want to occupy that number one shirt for as long as you possibly can. Still in a very infancy. It's going to be game number four if you start on Saturday. So mm. it's a case of making sure your performances are, are good and then you can start to look further afield. And you almost look to like the, the passing of the baton from Camp and Stockdale generation, Moa's young goalkeeper, mm-hmm. you Zach, Zach's in, you're in. A bit of competition apart your, among your area as well, mate. Yeah, it's always good to have a competition. Um, and obviously there's there's good young keepers at the club and so I think that competition will, will be there for years to come, hopefully. Come on, Truman. Let's hopefully you put in a good performance against Ready. We're not sat here listening back going he was talking Trust up me. his game <laughs> no I did sort of kill you with a tweet and said um, oh, you show him, man. no we've got oh, hey, this, hey, hey, this is coming up this is the best bit this is a hey, you'll see you'll see this is a segment um, yeah I nearly killed you with a tweet that was on about like how slippy <laughs> the conditions were at Sheffield Wednesday but oh, great that. conditions for a keeper uh, was it yeah delete that one Connell good. fan questions right. Callum Denny what are we calling this is it quiz a keeper or what Yeah, yeah. some game show music underneath yeah yeah quiz a keeper First one, this ties into not having a song that I was saying earlier, because I think the aim is to, I think, sing this for you at Blackburn. So uh, what's your favourite Christmas song? Nice and easy, to start us off with. My favourite Christmas song? Um, 
There's a few common shouts there, aren't there? So. Is there, yeah? Like fairy tale in New York. Yeah, go with that one. You go with that? Yeah, I know that is one. Is that a cop out though? Mm. Just agreeing yeah, with what is, I but All right, fair. Roll out the barrels is my favourite one. I don't know. It's a good one. Can't know. Roll out the barrels. Next question. Tone deaf, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is from um, Lee W1875. Brown sauce or ketchup on a bacon sandwich? Ketchup. The correct answer is neither, but it's fine. What? It's fine. No, nothing. Dry. What about butter? Uh, Butter's no. fine, but. Nah, without never sauce. Been. Nah. nah, ketchup every day. Are you the juice or are you the sauce? What do you mean? It's a good debate to have whether you're the <laughs> juice or the sauce. Like the, the, the juice don't last long, but the sauce. It's always there. It's just a good debate, though. We'll talk about it another time. Yeah, that's so why you James Brownell, what are your favourite gloves to wear each match day? Uh, I'm wearing All Sport, so I've got some bright yellow and blue rascal numbers at the moment. I'll get a bit more serious here. We touched Ooh. on this as well. This is from Dan Hanley. He said, how did it feel getting called back up to the first team? Was there any pressure on your shoulders? Um... There's always a certain level of pressure. You're playing for Birmingham City and that comes that holds its own sort of weight. But it was just exciting to be honest with you. I just felt, you know, lucky to be out there and to be given that opportunity and I was just excited to get going really. At Jimmy Ruthless, and to be fair, this is a bit of a ruthless question. Uh, he says, I once offered you so partridge that was, wasn't it? Very partridge. <laughs> He's my hero. I've got to do something based on him. Uh, he says Dan! Aha! <laughs> that was very good as well, by the way. I'm the same person. Uh, he says, I once offered you 50 quid for your gloves on the cop car park and got a very polite no. How much are they worth now? How pleased are you that you were polite at that moment? Always <laughs> <laughs> polite, what are you oh, trying to say? Away. That's, okay, um, I don't know. If, if I need to use them, like, you, you, no, can't, you can't offer me enough, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll try and sort you out some gloves at the next, next time. Sort going, right? made promises. Look at that. He's made promises now. On the podcast as well. Right, Nathan Carty, who was your favourite goalkeeper to watch while growing up? Good question. Um, when I was really young, I just loved like, watching Schmeichel. I thought he was wicked. Um, and then, probably a little bit more recently, obviously De Gea, I've really enjoyed watching. I think he makes unbelievable saves and does it in a way different to everyone else. I think so, yeah, De Gea. Yeah, not a big keeper. Two more questions. Last one from Best Twitter. in the world for like four years, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> From Rob, uh, who's suffered two major injuries being in goal, he said, how do you and the other keepers mitigate the risk of injury? Mitigate, good Another word. great word. Yeah. Um, I don't know, uh, to be honest with you. I don't know if you, I don't know if no. you think about it. No, know. you do all your, your injury prevention stuff that you get off the physios and your, your prehab work, and then I guess to a certain extent it's in the lap of the gods and it really injuries are part and parcel of the game, but you just hope you get lucky, really. Right, last one. This is from Daniel Page on Facebook. And I know you've been watching the Twitter questions come in, but you haven't seen Facebook. I haven't. So this is catching you well off guard. And he says, sometimes I cry when I, when I think about how beautiful Celine Dion is. Do you like yoghurt? I mean, it's very, very left field. I mean, <coughs> I do like yoghurt. I think, was that the actual that, question? That's the question. Do you like yoghurt? I, I do like yoghurt, yeah. Just I, I, I'm not sure why we're yogurt. talking about Celine Dion. Uh, Peach. Great. Peach and the mullers in the in the it's got canteen. A bit of strawberry, isn't it? <coughs> no. Strawberry, nah. apricot, peach. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sort of. Bit of cherry. Mm, that not sure about a cherry. <coughs> apricot, peach, very yeah. good. Black cherry yogurt. Great shout. Great shout. Nah. And on that note, 
That's we it, done? Yeah? That's the Colonel big Truman. question. Cheers, Colonel Cheers guys. Genuinely, all jokes aside, I wish you the very best of luck for the rest Thank of you me. very much, Dale. I appreciate it. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Colonel Truman, ladies and gents. You'd expect him, of course, to be back in tomorrow against Reading? Yeah, I think so. Like we, like we mentioned, he's done enough, hasn't he, in the, the three games that he's played so far. He hasn't really put a foot wrong, so um, you'd imagine he'll be, he'll be in. He's got the faith of the manager at the minute. And, yeah, good to hear from him as well. And, like we say, he has had to be patient. Uh, he's gone out on loan a couple of times and um, had to build himself a career but he's still very young in terms of a goalkeeper and a lot of people point to the fact that he's not a teenager anymore but from you know the longevity of a goalkeeping career, they can play to mid thirties up to creeping up towards your forties well, yeah, if you 40s. have a good run. Yeah, if you have a good run. So still plenty of um, a fuel in the tank for Conor Truman. But yeah, great to see him out there playing first team football. Reading away, been as a fan. Reading, yeah. I mean, we've got some history there, haven't we? The Kevin Phillips goal, yeah. getting promoted there. Uh, they're just not. They just seem to be like a neutral. I don't feel in any particular way about Reading. Um, and that might be the problem. They don't invoke any emotion about mm. from me. So, I mean, it's a decent little stadium. It's in. It's not a bad place to get to, but it doesn't particularly stoke any feeling for a me. A lot more riding on it this season than when we went there, of course, last game of last season, where I think the um, the highlight was a guard of honour for John O'Shea. <laughs> they were also, the, wasn't it Portugal Day? For it was, yeah, they, Portugal Day. Um, who they've now sacked. Yeah, he's not there. <laughs> Is it Portugal Day this weekend? <laughs> it was Portugal Day. They all had flags. It was a little bit embarrassing, but um, yeah, nothing on the gate. It was a dead rubber, weren't it? I hated Absolutely. that, actually. As good as it was to have you know, the final day done and dusted. You just want all the something drama. riding on it, don't yeah. you? Um, so yeah, we go there now looking for a big three points and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one where we've come off the back of five games without mm-hmm. a win, but then it's three draws on the bounce. So it depends how you view it through what lens, but a win, uh, on the road w- is something that we need. I know we won that first one at Brentford, um, <coughs> one at Charlton, but there are only two wins on the road so far. The rest mm-hmm. have been, have been quite close, but we've been on the wrong side of scoreline. So want us to go there, be difficult to beat again, go back to a Huddersfield, Sheffield Wednesday mentality, but can we do enough in that final third to nick a game? If we do get the first goal, can we go and get a second? Um, and I think that'll decide the game. Three Blues connections at Reading I want to talk about. Let's start first with centre-back, former Blues captain Michael Morrison, a reunion. Fantastic servant for the club, wasn't he? He did exactly what he says on the tin, came to us when he was vice-captain at Charlton, and I thought at the time it's a fantastic signing for whatever reason. We managed to get him and prize him to Gary Rabbit's first signing. Yeah, um, and what you know evolved into our captain and and led the dressing room particularly well. A, a great guy off the pitch as well. Done loads for the club, managed the dressing room, done everything for the players. Was the liaison between management and staff. Um, and in terms of his performances, I'm not going to say he was Franz Beckenbauer in terms of carrying the ball into the opposition's half and start playing, um, but he was a head kick squeeze centre half. In the championship, and that's where you know his level was, uh, and a really good servant over the number of years he was here. So um, yeah, really top guy. But I hope he has an awful day on Saturday. We know all about his goal scoring prowess, of course. I believe he was our third highest goal scorer <laughs> last season. So how are we uh, combating that this <coughs> yeah. time around? Yeah, it was all set pieces, weren't it? It was he was bundled home, or it was directly you know yeah. won the first header. Um, but he is a threat. I mean, yeah, you don't score that many goals um, from set pieces if you don't know what you're doing and he attacks the ball aggressively. I think that's the key. You, you know, we'll know all about Michael Morrison from, from defensive corners. Mm-hmm. So we just got to make sure we don't let him get a run on us. Um, but we've got good enough in the air ourselves. Juki will come back to, to guard that near post area. Harley Dean will be back there. You'd imagine Jake Clark sort of as well, given Mark Roberts' injury, of course. Mm-hmm. Um 
So expecting him to be out for a number of weeks. Um, so yeah, he's a threat in the opposition box and one we have to be careful of. I'm going a bit rogue with this one. I haven't asked you about this beforehand, Ooh. so feel free to Ooh, okay. uh, interject here. Go on, then. Manager Mark Bowen, former assistant manager here, of course, under Steve Bruce. Yeah, yeah, he was. It was part part of the club at a really good time as well, wasn't he? And you think of the the success that they had, and I, I know that Steve Bruce talks really highly of of Mark Bowen, and I've listened to a few podcasts of players who have played under mm -hmm. him as well. Say a fantastic hands-on coach, and when Brucey was here. He was the guy that put a lot of the sessions on. Robbie Savage loves him, of course. Yeah, yeah, the Welsh connection um, put on a lot of um, a lot of the actual practical sessions, the hands-on stuff. So, yeah, I'm sure he'll be tactically very astute. He'll get them set up well, and they come into the game with a, a bit of form as well, don't they? So, dis disappointingly, our friend Old Puskas has uh, bagged himself a, a hat trick. Wow, that's my third and final connection. A man, of course, who was heavily linked with Blues in the summer. So it's not a direct connection, but. George Puskas up front, a man whose name, as I said, we heard a lot of. It was in like the a, summer. it's a five-minute hat trick, and with ten minutes to go, turns the game on its on its head. We're good. Yeah, as you say, I mean, however, we don't know whether there was official interest, and it's a genuine mm -hmm. comment. We, I am not privy to ever knowing how close or not he was to joining the club. But if you go off all the internet chat, all the rumor mills, everyone on Twitter I mean, had him signing we, for us. It was us. It was us or Reading. Um, so. He chose Reading, um, and I know he scored a fantastic goal early on, didn't he? But then yeah, went debut, quiet. Yeah. yeah, then went quiet for a, for a good few weeks or months. But now it's a little bit of form as as we're going to go and take a trip to the Majeski. So um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get with him. He's new to the new to the league, isn't mm -hmm. he? He's been a bit hit and miss. But clearly, there's a player there who knows where the back of the net is on his day. So again, along with Michael Morrison, we're going to have to watch old George Puskas. Right after Reading, QPR at home. It was a uh, as I remember, a thrilling nil-nil last season. So, um, <laughs> But then, at Loftus Road, oh, of course, 4-3 last-minute penalty <laughs> saves. So both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, you don't know, again, you don't know what we're going to get. They're not a team in, in particularly great form, QPR. I don't think they've won in seven, six or seven. Um, I'm just having a look to see who they've got the weekend. They're at home to Preston this week, and which will be a tr tough game. Preston Absolutely, Preston yeah, very, very good side. Preston are decent. So, um, again, at St Andrews. Against the side who struggle. I mean, this has been our banana skin for years, hasn't it? We don't do particularly well over the years mm -hmm. against sides we expect to. Um, no wall. Yeah, but uh, again, I mean, a, a team that you'd like to think Blues will go out to win all three points. And we do do that. And I think that that may well be a contributing factor to why we've lost so many games on the road this year. It's not because we've played particularly badly, but we're not settling for points with the exception of the past few weeks. We haven't been settling for points. We've tried to go out and win the game no matter where we go to, be mm -hmm. it Derby County or Charlton, where we did go and get a win before anyone else had. So it may well be we're, we're all or nothing on the road. Um, at St Andrews, I fancy us um, against QPR. I think that's a, that's a game that, that Pep will get the lads ready for. We've got enough quality. They're not in great form going into it. So one that you'd mark down as a home win. It's a tricky one, of course. QPR in a similar situation to us. Mark Warburton's first full season, looking to implement a new star, move away from what Steve McLaren had in playing. It strikes me that their form, much like our art, much like our own rather, doesn't necessarily reflect the way they've been playing at times. Yeah, if there might be a team in transition, there's still plenty of quality in there. You look Absolutely. at Absolutely. Eberachi easy. Yeah, Narky Wells, Jordan Hugo, these are players who know where the back of the net is. I mean, Wells has scored eight for the season, so too mm. as as uh, as Hugh Gill and and then Easy's got seven himself so it, you know they know where the back of the net is they're no mugs by any by any means but um, you like to think like I say at home um, we need the three points you back us against anyone and a team who's not particularly uh, in the habit of winning games going into it mm -hmm. um, I'm confident Blues can get the three points out of that one.
And then, small matter of a local derby against the league leaders on Saturday. Yes, yeah, West Brom. I've been very impressed by them. You can't not be um, plenty of quality, gr- real charismatic manager, Absolutely, haven't you? Absolutely, yeah, Slavan Bilic. Slavan Bilic. So, um, <coughs> yeah, a, a really tough one. But early kick-off. <coughs> is it on TV? I presume it's it on is, TV. It is, yeah. So, um, that'll be a good one. In front of the Sky cameras, approaching Christmas. League leaders are in town. It's a local derby. The atmosphere will be very good. Hopefully we can get a really good game. And they're the games, actually, that we play well in, you know, against the league leaders at home. Tend to bring the best out of these blue sides. And I hope that's the case as well. We could see a really good footballing team. Um, they've got some some really, really good players. Jermaine Sawyers has got, you know, loads of accolades in recent weeks. We've been one of, if not the best midfielder in the in the division. Known really well from our Warsaw days. Mm-hmm. Um, so plenty of quality. I mean, Pereira has been an unbelievable signing. Revelation, is Charlie it? Austin's now starting to score Still goals. got quality like Kieran Gibbs from the Premier League days. Charlie Austin <laughs> as well. Yeah, that's it. Um, they've got plenty of, pl- enough, more than enough there to really challenge at the top. They've started particularly well. So that's one I really am looking forward to. I think the supporters will look forward to that one as well. Two very good games against West Brom last season. A point at St Andrews, and then the narrowest of defeats at the Hawthorns. Gary Gardner, I remember, scoring in front yeah, of the header. Bromley Road end. Yeah, he went running to the, the dugouts, didn't yeah. he? We got Big Dealy as well with us uh, that the day. big man. Yeah, he loved the goal against West Bromwich Albion. He's telling himself, I don't think he scored as much against any other side. Um, he just seemed to bring the best out of uh, out of Big Dealy, so he's particularly looking forward to that one as well. Get him on a short-term contract, do you reckon? Who, Big Deals? Big Deals. <laughs> yeah, get him in. I don't think his knees are up to it anymore. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's yeah. Really looking forward to that one. It's one one that um, one that should be a really good atmosphere, a really good game, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, one thing I've been looking forward to all day is this: our latest edition of the quickfire questions. I still maintain I don't have any answers, but one person who did is joining us right now. The Blues Talk Podcast. Okay, we're with none other than 16-year-old Jude Bellingham, as he's become known, because we have to mention your age whenever you do anything, Jude. So, uh, right, quick-fire questions. Uh, right, these are just very light-hearted ones, but there's been some very interesting answers from players, so you'll be absolutely fine. What music do you listen to before a game? Uh, whatever's on in the change room. Oh, that's such a cop-out answer. What would you, if you were in charge of that radio or whatever, what are you playing? Um... I don't know. <laughs> Snapchat stories or Instagram stories? Snapchat stories. Favourite restaurant to eat at? Nando's. Uh, what's your karaoke song or initiation song? Uh, I don't hate Jude. Ah, oh, cliche, I like it. Favourite movie? Inception, I liked. Mm. Which country produces the best food? So do you like Italian, do you like Mexican, do you like Chinese, Indian? Uh, Italian. Ooh, okay. Pizza pasta sort of guy. Uh, have you got a middle name? Victor William. Solid middle name. It's a strong middle name. Couple of middle names. Ideal holiday destination? Uh, Caribbean somewhere. Favourite TV series? Mm, Peaky Blinders. The best goal you've seen on the pitch. It can't be one of your own. And it can be at any level, playing for any team. Grassroots, England, Blues. You have to have been on the pitch at the time, oh. but you can't be your goal. I know it's, it's a tough one for many players, but one you've just thought that is a goal. I've not really been on the pitch. Anyone scored any like bangers? We'll come back to that one. Yeah, yeah. Right, have a think. We'll come back to that one. Uh, do you have any posters on your bedroom wall? Keep it clean. Oh, uh, yeah, no posters. Clean walls. Have you met your sporting hero and who is it? No, it's uh, like 
I have a few. You know, like Lionel Messi, Conor McGregor, LeBron James. So not many of them. Uh, what instruction do you give to the barbers when they ask how you want your hair? Um, just the temple fade bit and then nothing off the top. <laughs> Favourite cheat meal? So when you have a dirty meal and it's off season and you're allowed to eat what you want for a couple of weeks, what do you have? Fat pizza. <laughs> what did you go dressed as to your last fancy dress party? Never been wrong. Don't party. Just don't lie. What is your last <laughs> fancy dress? I don't say to God, no party. Mm. NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, like American sports, do you follow any of them or do you not really care? No, I not really care. I just like LeBron James. So. Uh, what are the names of any WhatsApp groups you're part of that you can tell us because there's been some very suspect names? Other than the Blues one. No, no good names to be fair. <laughs> no. Game of Thrones or Power? Don't watch either. Can you play a musical instrument? No. Uh, can you speak another language? No. <laughs> Which Hollywood actor would you choose to play yourself in a Hollywood movie? Uh, Denzel Washington. Denzel. Uh, if the whole squad was in a Royal Rumble, who would be left in the ring at the end? Um, who would throw in the rest yeah, of the Yeah, that's what out? I'm thinking here. Um... Fancy digger, probably. Popular yeah. answer. Uh, best pair of trainers or boots you've ever owned? The Adizeros. Remember them? I do remember yeah, them. I had like these blue and red ones. So nice. Yeah, F50 Adizero, yeah. Uh, Favourite flavour ice cream? Chocolate. Aftershave of choice, if you've got one, or are you a bit of a mix? Bit of a mix, mate. If uh, what are the names of any of the pets that you and your family have owned? Uh, Suki. What was it? A cat. Suki. Different. Um, it says here, what type of student were you at school? So, what type of student are you, dude? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, cheeky, but get on with my work. Good. Good answer. Uh, what's on your bucket list? What do you want to do? What do you want to, you know, before you die? Uh, like, what's that when they jump out of a plane? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Skydiving, yeah. Um, what's the worst item of clothing you've worn when you look back at when you were younger and you think mum dad why did you put me in that um, probably no. a minging waistcoat I've seen the, I've seen a picture the other day I was thinking oh my god I can't believe all that <laughs> uh, yeah waistcoat doesn't sound great um, are you addicted to anything probably my phone to be fair mm, a lot of people are yeah. um Favourite city you've been to or favourite city other than Birmingham, like other than your hometown? Um, Paris was nice, yeah. Nice. Okay, big question. Best way to eat chicken? So is it thigh, leg, breast, and how is it marinated? How is it flavoured? I get thighs because I don't like chicken on the bone because okay. it's just too messy, in it? Okay. So, yeah, and I like like medium spice, a bit of peritama sauce and that sweet. Uh, have you got any memorabilia from players that you've played against or you've collected any sporting uh, shirts or boots or any of that sort of thing? Yeah, I, I remember I was of two that stand out. I remember when I was younger, Damari Gray gave me a pair of his boots and then recently from this season, I swapped shirts with Jan Danda after the game against Swansea. So yeah, that's the two that stand out. Nice. Finally, have you ever read a book cover to cover that you've chosen to read at home or not? Books or anything? No, I don't read. Drew Bellingham, thank you very much. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Another fascinating instalment of quickfire questions. Right, Dale, very quickly, 
Blues women against Spurs in the week. Yeah, at Sully Moors, one apiece. Um, yeah, we went down there and it was a really bizarre game because for 10 minutes, Blues were on the back foot. Spurs could have been out of sight and a number of chances uh, in the opening exchanges. Then it settled down a little bit. Blues got themselves into the game. Uh, Abby Grant grabbing the goal, a really well-worked goal as well. Lucy what a Stan, ball from yeah. Lucy Stan. Yeah, she's, she's hoisted one up and she's she spotted it actually. She had enough time in that midfield area, got it out of the feet, hoisted one on the diag. The goalkeeper's just had a rush of blood, came sprinting out, hasn't made up the ground. Abby Grant bravely just flicks what it on. Header. Yeah, flicks it on and uh, finds the back of the net. So get yourselves in front, having been actually second best for 20, 30 minutes of the game. Um, but then Spurs get the equaliser and I think that's the big frustration of the night is the manner in which they conceded uh, a ball into the box. It's just bundled home at the far post. It was a, a cross from wide towards the back post. Sorry, it's nodded down. Hannah Hampton does get a hand to it, but falls into the back of the net. One each. Then it becomes a bit basketball match. You, sh you attack, we attack. Um, neither could find that little bit of quality that decided the game. So a point on the night. But a fantastic response, of course, to that home defeat to Chelsea, which is what we wanted to see. Yeah, and actually, I was talking to Colin Tatum, who was at the Chelsea game. He said for, for the first half, um, Blues were better against Chelsea than they were against Spurs. They find themselves in front. Um, so it just goes to show that you know if, if you take your chances in the game, um, and I, I actually was involved in the 23s match this week, that it was exactly the same case. Derby. Uh, it was just a bizarre... I mean, it's 5-1 uh, defeat for, for Steve Spooner's side, and it was the most bizarre 90 minutes I've ever seen in football. Spoon said it best, didn't he, in the uh, Blues TV post-match interview. Could have had seven. Yeah, they had five. We could have had seven. And that's not an exaggeration. You know, often we get accused of bias working for the club. Genuinely, I've sat there watching that game thinking, how are we 5-0 down? 5-1 down, sorry. Um, yeah, a few things didn't go Blues' way on the night. But it just goes to show, take your chances and, and it can mask over a, a, a poor performance. And, um, yeah, I, I think Blues ladies will be frustrated not to win the game. And the under-23s will come away scratching their head as to how they've got beaten so heavily. One thing that we were nearly going to completely skip right past and not mention, of course, made the night you were at Loughborough for that derby game, the FA Cup draw. Blackburn at home. Yeah, Blackburn at home. So I think we were all hoping for a big away day to us. You know Spurs, what? I was convinced we were getting Arsenal when it was down to that last yeah, few teams. Yeah, we always seem to be towards the end of these draws. Um, so, yeah, Blackburn at home. I mean... You just hope that being a championship side, we know all about them. Um, Playing them a week and a half before. It don't matter how it comes. Just get the win and make sure you're in the hat for the next round. And then you can worry about getting one of the big guns. But yeah, early January, isn't it? The first weekend of January. It Black is. Blackburn at home. Play Blackburn. Wrap up. January the 4th at St Andrews. January right. Last, last thing then, before we wrap up and move on to other business. Um Blues TV coverage this week. We were meant to have a pay-per-view against QPR uh, on Wednesday, but it's on Sky. The big boys have killed us, haven't they? they uh, we can't broadcast it, so that's disappointing. Interesting uh, developments with Amazon Prime this oh, week. Oh, unreal. We like can spend an hour talking yeah, about that. In very interesting f uh, newcomers into the market. But yeah, so we can't really plug anything, Cal. We can't sell our, sell our listeners anything this Listen, time. Listen, if you're in the UK and you want an audio subscription... Who's going to be joining you against uh, QPR? So Kevin Broadhurst will be in the building for the QPR game. Um, in the warmth. Not happy that we got Darren Persson, was he? Keeps no. his, his dummy out of the pram, but he's back. Don't worry, Kev. We still uh, <laughs> still got you. I think we both had a, a tirade <laughs> each for that. <laughs> Kev's back with us for QPR and Big Dealy for West Bromwich Albion. The big man himself. Of course, audio yeah. subscription, audio coverage rather, available to UK subscribers and video coverage available to those in selected markets. Big dealy. It's Big a fantastic deals. impression. I mean, he'll, he'll disagree. Big deals. But 
Listen, we'll put it to him. We'll get him back on. Anyway, that's about all the time we've got here on the Blue Stalk Podcast this week. We'll be back, hopefully not in a month's time. It'll be Christmas. I, I know. Well, it'll be five days before Christmas. So I want you to turn up, Christmas jumper, paper <sighs> crown. Yeah. I know I'm asking a lot, but we can make it happen. Absolutely. Anyway, we'll speak to you then. For the meantime, I've been Callum Denning. And I've been Dale Moon. This has been the Blues Talk Podcast. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning.